Hell yeah. The Gaming Guru Podcast. Diesel, the best gaming podcast in the world. <laughs> Hello Gaming Guru fans, it is another week and another chance to talk about some games. As always, I'm Gareth Woods and I am joined with the delightful Tim Lester and it's been birthday week, hey, what are the chances? It has, dude. Both of us I had our forgot birthday. that our birthdays were so close together. Yeah, I think I re- re- was reminded last year, it's around about the same time, I was like, oh hey, happy birthday last week. Oh sweet, happy birthday for next week. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good time of the year to level up. Certainly, I will say, uh, if you have any spare cash, now's a great time for sales. I don't know if you've noticed. You walk around, it's like everything's on sale. It's like all the shit they couldn't sell during kind of the December holidays. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like, oh, okay, cool. If it's if it's still here, then you can take it at like 25%. So, yeah. Like Valentine's you know, Day is just another reason to spend money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and at least it's one of those holidays where like, it's not like you suddenly get your Valentine's and birthday gifts combined. You know, it's not like having your birthday near Christmas um or anything like that where it's just like oh it's birthday christmas combined just uh sucks to be you but yeah, it's not like you, you it's not like your valentine's gonna go well you got that gift so no valentine's day do you do anything for valentine's day is it kind of your thing sometimes look i look my <laughs> my partner is likes... your significant other listening to this <laughs> probably not my partner mm-hmm. likes when I make an effort. I usually will will do something cool. When it when it comes to gifts on Valentine's days, though, I'm 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 too much of a dad. Like I right. feel like it's just another marketing ploy to like suck the remainder of my like February salary from me. Yeah. Um. But often, what I find is a good call for a Valentine's Day present is something that like that that's a gift that could be for the both of you. So yeah. I think like this month we're probably going to get like a new set of bedding, you know, like okay. something practical, but it's also nice, but it's also for both of us yeah. to each other in a way. So, yeah. Yeah. Valentine's Day, you know, you talk about the cynicism of it, of the kind of like trying to take your salary away. It's weird when you look at all the like major holidays and how there's pretty much one every month. You know, you go like yeah. it's New Year's into uh, Valentine's, into what, like St. Patrick's Day, into Easter, into, you know, it's like. I think there's a little bit of a down time in like May, June, but then it's like as you spring into the end of the year, it's once again like Halloween. Into, and- into April Fools and you can spend all your uh, money on elaborate pranks. <laughs> <laughs> or spend your money being pranked. Um, but yeah, we um, I think maybe we can jump off with like what have you been up to? I personally have, it's in that weird space of gaming kind of for the year where like I think we're all trying to just get through our backlogs before the big games start arriving i think the yeah. first ones are kind of like end of this month you've got um i think like dooms coming soon and uh, i'm trying to remember what else but there are a bunch of games that are coming soon like animal crossing and the likes i think those are new i might have to just do a little search here but um for me personally like i've just been on that hostel train i've started um playing some contests some uh oh I'm nice a, dude Yes, uh, that's the advantage. And I don't get why more South Africans don't play it is that there's no ping issues. It's turn-based. So like, it really doesn't matter. You literally at zero disadvantage in terms yeah. of um, your proximity. 
and and also like from a language point of view you never have to talk to the other person so it's not like there any you know having to understand you know what the person's saying or that like you get like what eight different emotes and that's about all the conversation you need to have there's literally no penalties yeah. for being on the tip all of Africa all you need to do so. is like is like find a random human and be like up for a round of gwent <laughs> the other thing though with with Hearthstone is because it's mobile is like we've had load shedding and uh, the the tournament I was playing yesterday uh, one of my rounds was during load shedding it's like cool I guess I'll have to play that round on my phone it's really not a big deal the game I, I did a data check 150 kilobytes a game so wow. it's like absolutely nothing so I've really been enjoying That's that so I got totally stomped in my game because I'm, I'm at this stage rank 5 at my best, I got to rank two, and I got matched up against literally the number 139th top-ranked player in EU. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. It, it was a short game, so at least um, in terms of data usage, it might not even been a full 150k <laughs> uh, kilowatts. But um, yeah, I'm I'm totally enjoying that. Um, stoked uh, to catch up on kind of my backlog. I have started playing Apex again uh, oh, for season four. Yeah, the new map and the new hero is pretty fun, so I'm enjoying that. It's nice to just like jump back into these games and then, you know, once it gets tired again, leave, just wait for the next season to start. And yourself? Yeah, yeah, no, for me, so I'm, you know, just like uh, hiking through the mountains in Death Stranding. I think I've gotten to the third act now, so I should be like rounding the corner of the end of the game like fairly soon after around about like 60 hours of playtime. Ugh, wow. But I also... I put a lot in, in, in sort of like the midsection of the game. Um, I put a lot of hours just like building roads, going like full Minecraft mode and, <laughs> and just, yeah, just being a mindless fucking delivery drone, <laughs> basically. It's actually a like mule. quite relaxing. Yeah, just being a mule. It's going full mule. Um, so I'm taking a little bit of a break from that. Um, and uh, since the Bioshock collection uh, is up on on PS Plus. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how fucking on points like PS Plus deals have been in the yeah. last couple months? Well, like, I mean, just spoiler so alert, many I, good games. That's that is totally my nomination for this week's um, Hero of the Week is PSN Plus. They have been so on point. Um, this is round of applause, it, man. Yeah, it feels like since what was it two months ago they dropped Neo, which uh, is a kind of like Souls esque type game. Um, followed by last month was Goat Simulator, but I think more importantly the Uncharted series, which for anyone also who got into Goat the... Simulator, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Goat Simulator, obviously. But um, I think what's great about games like like Uncharted and that picking them up late is if you um, got into your PlayStation career, if anything, like late in the game. Now, like if you picked up a PlayStation now, there are a lot of games that are legitimately, you know, we spoke about perfect games, uh, maybe not in terms of them being uh, perfect, but like deserving of a playthrough from any gamer. And certainly I'd say like the Uncharted series kind of, they might not be like in the top of that list, but they certainly would make a lot of those lists in terms of games. If you have a PlayStation, you should play. And so the fact that you can pick up the first three for free, or at least for a subscription, which I think works at like 80 rand a month or something, um is is crazy so i mean well done there and then when they announced the bioshock infinite no, no the bioshock collection so that's one two and um infinite, infinite yeah um you know, two yeah, less 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 stoked about that one it was kind of my one i missed from them but the other two are phenomenal games yeah so i'm jumping back into those now um 
ooh, just a just a little mention on uh, on Uncharted. So I recently replayed the Uncharted collection. I think it was last year. I bought myself a copy. I found it for like 150 on like a resale group. Oh, nice. And like they still hold up really well. Like the um, they've all been remastered into full HD. Um, they hold up well. Some of the textures do look a bit bum, but like they're just scripted so well. They're they're directed, yeah. acted. They're such tight games. There's no, there's 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 no like fat. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, it's 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 games that have like a very clear direction executed from start to finish. And yeah. and I still enjoyed them, even jumping into them years later, where things might look like you know a bit dated. Anyway, so one, one of those games, sorry, with Uncharted back to you know, give it some more praise. It's one of the few examples I like to hold up when people go on the whole um, uh, open world is better than linear games kind of rant is going sometimes you want to play a game like you watch a movie. And it's not this like, um, you know, look, games like Skyrim, it's great when you have this, you know, weird happenstance, you know, occur because you know, the planets align and some weird thing happened to you that will never happen again. Yeah, that's great. But every so often having this perfect kind of Hollywood cinema, you know, cinema kind of moment yeah. happen and you get to play it is is where I think linear games certainly trump kind of the open world sandboxy type games for just having those like jaw dropping kind of movie moments. No, 100%. And I mean, that was one of the biggest reasons why I jumped back into the Uncharted collection. It was because I was feeling like a bit of fatigue from like all these open world games that demand so much of my time. And there's yeah. just like so many things to do. I'm like, I want to take a break from that and just be put on rails and go from yeah. checkpoint A to B. And like, just appreciate the fact that, you know, this game has got your back, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're not just like out in the cold. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like blowing your hair back, not because you're having to run, but because you're on a roller coaster. You know, it's like. Yeah. So with the Bioshock collection, I never played them on console. I played them all on PC, like over the years. You know, um, Bioshock One is looking a bit dated to me. The I, I find the combat is like quite a quite clunky, but otherwise, like, like everything feels so like. How do I say? Not re retro isn't the right word, <clears throat> but you know the sounds, like the sounds and the textures and like all the, yeah, the, the sound effects and sound design just like reminds me of when I played it the first time years ago, where you get, you, it gives me that same feeling, you know, that I'm playing like this classic game. Yeah. And I played um, Bioshock Infinite quite recently, actually, about two years ago again, because I got it on Steam. And that oh, yeah. for me is just, it's just like always been a favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just a great story. It's, I, I remember finishing that game and it feels like that meme about when someone reads a book and then they close it and they look around for like someone's shoulder to cry on or someone to like, you know, I know, you know, just like someone yes, to understand you know? what you're going through. <laughs> but like the world's just going about its day. They don't know that you've had this like, this like feels moment. And when that game finishes exactly. and you see all the lighthouses and you know that the only way is, you know, the kind of the sacrificial route and you're like, ah, oh. And I even remember showing my wife, like, like playing her through the last bit and showing her YouTube videos to like, just show the ending. And she's like, cool. Cause you don't get it unless you spent, what's it about no, exactly. an eight to 12 hour playthrough. Like, unless you spend time, like learning the character and slowly getting to know it, it's like showing them the end of the movie after having kind of read the, the synopsis on Wikipedia and then like, look, I'll show you the ending and it'll totally be feels. And you'll be like, 
yeah, it seems it seems very emotional. I don't know why. There is no, another Bioshock in production, isn't there? From what I've heard, I don't know. There were rumors. I, I think we brought up in one of our news stories with like um, all the people from that studio are all at some other studio or something, or like the yeah. studio that brought us Bioshock on our hiring, like writers and all sorts of stuff. So I don't know if it's a um, Bioshock, but it certainly feels like it's going to be in that vein in terms of uh, the news we are reading. But yeah, that's massive speculation. Um, the so those are our winners, but I, I, I so at least our hero was PSN. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on who the villain would be this week. So the villain this week is Blizzard, and <laughs> they seem to be making headlines for all the wrong I've reasons. On that a few times, that. I think this year. Yeah, I don't know. the The company seems to be seems to be in a weird place in terms of the way that it's relating to its community, uh, at least. From what I know, you know, I grew up on Blizzard games, right? So the, the biggest oh, yeah. story this week Good. is on Warcraft 3 Reforged. And, you know, for me, Diablo, Warcraft, Starcraft, like those games the, have such a special place in the hearts of gamers. Um, the characters, we felt like we had a relationship with Blizzard. We felt like Blizzard yeah. was the company that heard us, that gave us the games that we wanted to play. The games were polished. The, it was the company that would turn around after five, six years of development and say, this game isn't good enough, throw it yeah. in the can, start again. And you yeah, know, we'd be sad, but like we would rather yeah, have we'd be that sad. and then polish a turd. Yeah. Well, exactly. And and for me, it feels like, remember, they had like uh, StarCraft Ghosts at one point. I was about point. to say, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of, they, they've had so many projects in the works. I think they've even the gone Warcraft, through a couple of... It was a Warcraft uh, kind of, um, what they call it, point-and-click adventure. Yeah, like an animated story about I think like Thrall or whatever growing up and how I can't remember the backstory, but it was one of those like fully animated like point and click adventure type games. You know, they were obviously huge in the early '90s, and then super stoked. Seen screen, seen a couple of like you can go on YouTube and check a couple of clips of stuff that got leaked, but like just didn't launch because they were just it's not good enough. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I think. From what I've heard, they've also gone through a couple of different iterations of a potential Diablo 4 as well. One being sort of like um, like an over-the-shoulder, like third-person view. You know, just that oh, obviously didn't was... you know make it through yeah. to uh, to the final production stages. But they've gone back a couple of times, you know, and yeah. scrapped this and uh, un until we got this um, this Diablo 4. So anyway, but why are they the, the villain this week? Yeah, why are they the villain this week? So. Oh, last year they announced Warcraft 3 Reforged in their, um, uh, I think it was the same BlizzCon where they, where they made these, um, these weird announcements of like this mobile game, you know, do you all not have phones, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Warcraft 3 Reforged, people were like, you know what, we can get behind this. War 3 yeah, has like, been it's around. It's not what we wanted. It's not the um, Warcraft 4. It's not Diablo 4. It kind of looks better than the what well, feels better than the taste in the mouth you've given us from Diablo Mo Mobile. So yeah, we'll, we'll get behind this. But <laughs> so so yeah, so it looked like uh, it was it was slated to be sort of like um, uh, not a redesign, but uh, definitely an upgrade um, of the original War Three. But what happened is a lot of what was advertised, what was promised, just didn't pan out. What we got was a buggy mess where there was clear downgrades. In fact, some of the textures have been downgraded from the original War 3, a 17-year-old game. 
And oh, wow. so the gamer response, you know, in these types of situations is to just review bomb. So they went yeah. on Metacritic, review bombed this game, 17,000 negative reviews, and it got it down to like a 0.8. Um, but then, so the, the, the title of, um, of most <laughs> least liked, how do I say, like most right. downgraded, um, uh, game on or the lowest, the lowest Metacritic user score on Metacritic at that time had been a game called day one Gary's incident with a user score of around 0.8. So in order to make Warcraft 3 lower so it would sit at the number one spot and take that crown. These people went into day one Gary's incident and started giving it positive reviews to heighten <laughs> its score so that like Warcraft 3 would fall down to 0.5 and take oh, the number one amazing. slot. Now, if that's not like teamwork, <laughs> like I don't know what the fuck that's is. That's fucking teamwork. That's amazing. So, so the game broke a whole bunch of promises, um, false advertising. So... Now, you see, this is where I know I'm a fucking fanboy because I, I downloaded it and I've been playing it and I've been enjoying it. But I, the nostalgia is shining through the crap, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, yeah. to be fair, it's playable for me because I know for a lot of people, their graphical issues that like your like graphics card is going, nope, just full on 404, nope, like not happening. I'm, I can at least play on it. It freezes occasionally, which is obviously not, not great. I'm not going to play multiplayer on it or anything. But for me, it's just like, I just wanted to play through the old Warcraft story again, like just for the feels. And that's the only reason I'm getting through it. Um, yeah, so I'm not as angry, but it's certainly the nostalgia is, is dragging my corpse through that game. Yeah, so I mean, one of the biggest issues, I think, is that um, what they did with this is they actually integrated this as a patch for the original um, Vanilla War 3 client. Oh, yeah? So... You can't then, let's say you want to opt out of playing Reforge. You can't just go back and play War 3 Classic because... Uh, because you've got to have the new patch, which is... It's the same thing, the yeah. Case. Exactly. Oh, and um, probably the biggest and most uh, contentious sort of uh, thing about this is that they've changed their uh, the user license policy so that any custom games that people, that, that players make, and they've been hundreds over the years... Uh, all belong to Blizzard at the end of the day. So all that IP goes Dota. straight to them. Yeah. Just in case, you know, another Dota comes around. Yeah. You know, so... Which will never which happen, let's be honest, because you're never going to have the player base again. The no, whole reason no, Dota definitely. exploded because it was like the cool thing to be playing at the time. You know what I mean? No. I mean, that's even why half the the mods that are coming within Dota 2 aren't really, like, taking off. You know, like if you look at like auto chess and those things, probably the biggest example of something blowing up out of Dota 2. But nothing really has because it's kind of like by now, multiplayer games have fragmented into so many different genres that like custom games aren't getting as many, aren't getting the player base. Whereas like back yeah. in the day, Warcraft 3 was one of like a handful of multiplayer games, you know, compared to now. We've got like Keepers, probably a dozen per genre. Of, of yeah, kind of variants you can play. I think the, the the big thing about War Three and why it's had, you know, such a long lifespan and legs has really just kept it going and kept it relevant, even though it's been in the background. You know, is the is the level creator. You know, the fact that people have their own communities where they've created all their side games. You know, I used to have, we used to have like LAN sessions, and War Three was always something we'd throw on just to play, oh, if not Dota, 
also just like run kitty run like yeah, but how often party. did you ever play how often did you ever play vanilla warcraft i don't think <laughs> if i went to land i don't think i ever played warcraft like it was always no. some sort of like custom mod it was always custom mods yeah yeah so they were like just way way more fun to be honest like <laughs> So yeah, so none of the, pr- the features that were promised ended up in the game. In fact, even the character models was work that was outsourced to a Malaysian studio. So the character models did make it through, but even that wasn't done in-house by Blizzard. So I'm wondering like where the work was. Yeah. Because the animations, cutscenes, voiceovers, like none of that got in. So let's look at the Blizzard response. So Blizzard response um, kind of started off with this sort of um, out of, it's kind of out of touch. Basically, they said, we're sorry that you guys didn't get the experience you expected. <laughs> yeah, basically, your expectations are too high. Yeah, you know, and then the, you know, we look forward to supporting this game for years to come, which is kind of, which has become sort of like the stock standard response to this um, live service model where, you know, you will, you'll be delivered the things that you paid for over time. Just bear with us. We're working yeah. on it, etc. You know, which is, <laughs> Fair enough, but also... Sounds like, like something I out of the Fallout 76 kind of, handbook. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a wait and see for me when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to War 3 Reforged. But also I feel like Blizzard sort of... Uh, I, I feel as though they've become like more and more out of touch as years yeah. go by. And I, and I don't know if that has to do with the company culture and the sort of Activision side kind of slowly... Um, taking over and and more of the original blizzard staff kind of just leaving the company like over the last two years particularly like the the table sort of like turned slowly but uh but yeah so that's our villain for the week boo boo blizzard boo but um it's almost weird segue going back to our original kind of topic that we started is, is valentine's day this Valentine's week, if you want wait, to. I've got a segue. Wait, wait, oh, yeah. wait. Here, here it is. I used to land and play co op in Warcraft 3 custom maps. Woo-hoo. Uh, Speaking of Warcraft 3 and co op, take it oh, away. Oh, nice. I was gonna go with so. Uh, the hope on Valentine's Day is to get fucked, and since Blizzard have done most of that this <laughs> week, to <laughs> anyway, so um, regardless, it is it is uh, Valentine's week or day or whatever for those who celebrate or don't, it does happen. And uh, so I thought, apropos of the um, of the theme of the week, we should get into chatting about some of our favorite co op games, both current and perhaps in the past. Um, for those of you who might not know the terminology co-op obviously cooperative play generally most games these days are multiplayer but very few of them have some sort of co-op feature where it's like you versus the the environment so pve so you versus the game um obviously most games have some sort of team play like even a dota is co-op in the sense you put on a team but it's not seen as a co-op game because well for one you don't cooperate generally with your team but secondly (laughs) Secondly, because fucking buy it's... fucking wards, man. <laughs> exactly, they're free now. So, um, so we want to chat about some of our favorite co-op games because, unfortunately, it, it's become a bit of a genre that um, it's fallen out of like mainstream favor. Whereas, geez, for a long time, co-op was my favorite part about video games. We would even take games that weren't co-op and somehow, like, gentlemen's agreement or some sort of way, make them co-op games. I remember sessions of like Mario where You'd have like 
five mates at your house, but you're playing Mario, which is ostensibly a single player game. Even if they put a two player option, which is just like take turns, you you know you're green Mario now. And yeah. it was essentially what you either got a life or at, you got to finish the level, and you kind of played hot seat like that. Um, and your co-op experience growing up? Yeah, so we did that a lot. Um, you know, we'd play we'd play a level or a scenario or play until someone died and then swap over, you know, games yeah. like Abe's Odyssey. We'd be doing that. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's usually a case of like you go over to your mate's house and he's got a PlayStation and you go through like as many games you can and see how you can break up the fun between the two of you. Yeah. You know, and I think the, the more classic sort of uh, co-op experience would be, let's say, like a fighting game. Even though it's not necessarily co-op, it's more like, well, it's like 1v1. But yeah. essentially, you're both playing the same game together at the same time or racing games. Or we used to play, fuck, I don't know if you remember Armored Core. It's, it, oh, it's a yeah, from software yeah. game. Like, but old yeah. like PS1 Armored Core, I think it was like, um, and you, can, you like build your mech and then you just go out into an arena and just yeah. look for your buddy and fuck him up. Like <laughs> I found that game so fun. Just but even do you the fact remember- like you... Yeah, like sorry. Do you remember mechs, the... just building mechs was so yeah, that was fun just uh, by itself. Like even even if you never got to fight each other, just like building them and designing them was fun. But one of my favorite genres was the kind of side-scrolling brawler, you know, Double Dragon, yes, or Teenage yes, 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 Ninja yes. Turtles, Contra. that sort of vibe. Those those are the best. Well, Contra I'd almost say is like almost more of like a platformer. I don't know, maybe platform shooter. I meant those ones that like you would Golden Axe. You know what I mean? Where you'd like just gotcha drop 20 rand and 20 cent pieces and just go to town. Um, th- those are some of my, my fondest kind of co-op experiences. And House of the Dead? I never played it, but I do know the genre. They're kind of like um, on-rails shooter type. Shot, yeah, type time game, Crisis right? yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah Time Crisis vibes. is classic. You can always play that with a buddy. With a buddy. Yeah. It's one of the games as well. You go to the arcades now, and even though it's like probably 25 years old, it's still there. The guns yeah, no. doing, doing their best, uh, like uh, futuristic impression. Meanwhile, they're like older than you are. So I mean, like I, n- I, I don't really have any like fond arcade memories. My mom was very much of the vein of, look, that's where pedophiles hang out to steal children. So fair enough. You can't go. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the trouble with being a good-looking child, hey, Tim. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hot stuff. Fuck. So the um. <laughs> Nowadays, the the online experience, there is still a lot of co-op stuff out there. So, I mean, recently I've been quite impressed. It's kind of on my radar. It's a game called GTFO, which is a four-player co-op game, uh, first-person shooter, and it's like horror sci-fi. It seems to be very similar to, you know, movies like the Aliens movies or or the Predator movies where you know it's basically you and everything's gone completely foobar and it's you know gtfo literally uh, get the flip out of of dodge and and survive and so it, it takes me back to games like left for dead uh which was an amazing co-op experience i don't know if you played um did, yeah. left, for dead or left for dead 2 put so many hours into that um some of the mods are hysterical on left for dead so essentially the premise is you've got to get from one point to another sometimes they're like little uh, activities you've got to do like um, call in a helicopter to help you or do whatever and um, just swarms and swarms of zombies appear and supposedly it has this AI director which will make things more tense if, th- if things are getting too easy or if oh, wow. it'll sometimes um, make things a bit easier if you like 
dying too quickly, you know, too soon in the stage or like just allow you to at least get as close to the end as possible always. Uh, often you won't succeed or at least not your full party will succeed. But some really, really fun, tense moments. But some of the mods you can get out there now, like I've seen mods where the characters all Simpsons, the zombies all Simpsons characters with Simpsons voice yeah. lines. And <laughs> some of them are like Dope. just giant, giant crabs. Like it's just, yeah, it's hysterical yeah, the stuff they've done with that. Um, yeah, so GTFO, uh, it's available on Steam by the same guys who did the Payday series. Okay. But I really like uh, this production design. It looks, looks like so a lot of fun. I didn't play Payday. Okay. I've had a lot of it friends like who did, and they swear by it. Yeah, it's like a bank heist co-op sort of thing. So it's like the GTA heist missions, but in first person. And yeah, it seems like a lot of fun. So if, if that's your vibe, uh, robbing banks, or at least getting the practice in, then um, that's, that's a, a simulator for you. But um, I'm just finding nowadays that the co-op experience... Um, while it does still exist, has definitely left the what the co-op couch vibe. Yeah, you know, in terms it's, of like being able to play, couch. yeah, couch co-op sort of thing. Like you get games like yeah, I see on the list you give me yeah, you put Borderlands Three, obviously a great co-op game, and it allows you to play couch co-op because you can do split screen. But generally nowadays they're trying to push people into you play co-op, but like with your buddy online or via LAN, yeah. and. Obviously, the financial reason is then you sell more copies of the game. Like, yeah. Hashtag so, duh. Yeah. So, developers, I mean, like, they noticed, fuck, if, like, you know, you can invite your mates over to your house and you can all play on one device, then that means, like, one copy is being enjoyed between, like, four people. And we can't fucking have yeah. that now, can we? No. So, there, there are different ways in which they've sort of broken up this experience and the player base, which sort of. You know, you, you, you end up feeling a bit more isolated because you're at home alone with your headphones on. And that can yeah. like, it can sort of, I mean, like, I have an experience of playing a lot of Dota 2 in my bedroom with like my headset on, like chatting to a team. So I felt like I was being, you know, social because I was interacting yeah. with these people who are my friends and playing with them. But at the same time, it was um, disruptive and annoying to like my family at home. Who are like yeah. Tim? Can you engage with us? And I'm like, sorry, can't pause. You yeah, know, with my friends. So, like, I'm with my, I'm with my friends. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm in I'm in game. Sorry, I can't. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's a double edged sword in that way. You know, in particular, and and definitely a very different experience to actually having a mate like sitting next to you and experiencing the game together, passing the controller back and forward. If you're doing yeah. like King of the Hill type style stuff, or like doing a split screen. And it's weird. Yeah. I haven't played a split screen game in so long. Like, I feel like it might just throw me off if I have to get into it now. <laughs> yeah, like, do not look at the other screen. It's not you. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, I play uh, Mario Kart with my kid and, and my fam sometimes. And um, yeah, it is tough. The split screen experience is not as enjoyable as playing on the full, you know, girth of your monitor. But yeah. it's, um, it's, it's certainly when you do get those games that you can play on the same screen, like... I think maybe that's part of the success of games like fighting games and, and FIFA is, mm. you know, the fact that you can play pretty much on the same screen. Most sports titles you can, to be honest. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and games like, um, like fighting games, you know, it's your Smash Bros, your Mortal Kombat, all that, you know, that you, you can just play with your friends on this and you're looking at the same screen. It's not like having to watch different parts of the, of the screen to understand what's going on. I, th I think the 
problem that maybe started developing with kind of the um, game belonging to one person and guys would arrive is, I don't know if you experienced it, whoever owned the game was phenomenally better than anyone else. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Yeah, I would rely on that. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd play like a Mortal Kombat, for example, and you go to your buddy's house and it would basically be everyone else against themselves and then whoever was the, the host because they were just generally better because they had the game. And so... Yeah. You know, while you and the seven mates were over, every other day he's playing by himself or playing with his one friend or playing online. And so, you know, some of those games allow fun handicaps like, you know, changing the health bar or, you know, certain combos being allowed or disallowed or one button touches and all that sort of stuff. But it's not the same as being able to, you know, beat your friends in a kind of, you know, mono a mono test of skill when one person has... It's, it's playing a round of golf with your one friend who happens to live on a golf course. It's really just ends up being unfair. Yeah, I think for me, like like one thing that I that I think um, the traditional sort of like physical or local couch co op experience um, does, like an area where I think it really succeeds, is in actually like creating community and that's something that yeah. i experienced when i was in Joburg and i started getting into the fighting game community on that side that have like meetups once a month where you see the same faces and you're making friends and these people you wouldn't know them otherwise you wouldn't interact with them or you know um or cross paths otherwise but i was seeing the same guys you know like every other weekend and these yeah. are guys who i'm now friends with who i'll play with online from time to time you know, or catch up with on a on a Skype call, or whatever, or even jump into other games. Yeah. Um, like like one of one one of those mates that I made in Jerbo playing in the fighting game community. Um, he also really likes uh, ARPGs. That that he kind of okay. like breaks up his breaks up his time with that. So we ended up playing like a bunch of Path of Exile together, and we wouldn't have been doing that if I hadn't been going we to these meetups. Games, yeah. And yeah, exactly. Lands, yeah. And yeah, and it's also there's something about like you know when you have two people playing a game and you got like a bunch of other like people around like watching the same game you yeah. know it's it's a different experience to when you're like let's say isolated on your on your units like at home and posting on like message boards or on reddit or whatever and like yeah. that is the way you engage with that community rather well, isn't than in like, a in real person. in a real really small way is that not what a twitch community is like when you're sitting at home and you're watching someone play and you're interacting with both the player and the chat that's like a mini version of the co-op experience. You know, like yeah, you're sitting actually. there, it's someone else's turn to play. It just happened to be on Twitch that it's only ever their turn and never your turn. But it's like, it's the banter and the sharing of, you know, the, oh, I can't believe you did that or that fail or that epic moment, but you're all there sharing it. Not, yeah. hey, I had this epic moment. Let me quickly clip that and put it on a Reddit forum and then get the love post the moment. Well done, guy. That was a really cool achievement. It's people are there in it with you. And that's, I mean, that's certainly one of the fondest memories I have is of kind of co-op is sitting there and, and while I can't remember the moments themselves, I'd certainly remember how it felt to, you know, pull off a, like an absolute turnaround victory or to like, you know, do something amazing with all your mates there. So in the spirit of, let's say, Valentine's Day, yeah. Um, by the way, you know, we've been gamers for, for a long time now. How have you, um, have you... How have you sort of experienced, uh, let's say, gaming with your partner? If you haven't played games yeah. together, like like pass the controller back and forth, like what type of games would you say like Migs 
would like hang around and watch or comment on or like get like um, invested in particularly? Sure. I think we've always loved um, kind of hack and slash titles like, you know, the, the God of War, the first three, those sort of games, um, because it's the kind of thing that you can play um, life for life or level for level sort of thing. So like your turn, you play, okay, my turn, I play or checkpoints or whatever you want to decide is the like, you know, the, the switch over point. You play those sort of games. Um, otherwise, any of the kind of those sort of party games that are good fun. So, I mean, having a three-year-old, obviously, like playing a lot of Mario Kart and Mario Party. But um, there, there's some really good games these days, like the Jack in the Box series. I don't know if you know them. So, it's um, no. they sort of like You Don't Know Jack was like a quiz game. But now they've come up with a whole bunch of really, really good party games, um, which... You know, like you have some mates over who aren't gamers, but you have like a games night where you'll like play Clue or Monopoly yeah, or that you. sort of stuff. Similar vibe, but now what they've done is they put them on, I've got them on the Switch, for example. And so you play on the Switch, obviously hooked up to the TV and all that, but you play with your cell phones as the controllers. So you have a near limitless amount of controllers because how often is that the problem where you go, cool, we've got eight people here. Oh, God, I've only got two controllers. Okay, okay, you guys are on a team and you're on a team and, okay, that one's going flat, shit. Okay, now I've got one controller. So, yeah, everyone has their cell phone. It also, in a very great way, stops people being on their cell phones during the game because everyone's using the cell phone as the controller. So they're not sitting yeah. there messaging or if they are, you, you don't think anything of it because you think they're part of the game. But it uses the controller then to like, be able to make decisions you know like if it's a game show and you have to like vote um or if you have to you can do drawing or take pictures or like some of the games you take a photo of like your reaction you know like you know my face when x happens and you pull a face and then people vote on it so there are all sorts of really intuitive games that they've created and what i love about it is just how super easy it is for people who are not gamers to pick up and i think that was always the yeah. great part about a co-op session with like a lot of mates is where Let's be honest, gaming was a lot less mainstream. And so you'd yeah. have maybe out of a group of eight of you, three or four hardcore gamers, and then the other four that like were kind of just your mates because like Fucking casuals, like you, bro. Yeah, but you also played other shit with them. Like these are the oaks yeah. who you, you know, fucking went to pool parties with or went to, you know, go to the mall with or watch movies with. It wasn't always about gaming. But then when it was time to game, you don't want to go, well, I, you guys better not come because like we know normies you know, sort of thing. So it was like, it was inclusive in the same way as they would invite you to go play touch rugby or whatever the fuck they were into. So yeah. it's, you kind of did everything. And so there were a lot of really good games that were casual friendly, you know, that, and I think as games have gotten more and more serious, maybe that's something that's gotten lost. It's like there's become this massive separation between like um, casual gaming and hardcore gaming and that almost the casual games have gone, we'll focus on children. And so I think that's yeah. where like Nintendo does a really good job. I know I've segued your question in a million different directions here, but I think Nintendo <laughs> that's owns well, I was a actually very... just about to mention Nintendo as well. But currently... Well, I mean, you can carry on there, but like I think Nintendo has done a really good job of owning that space of going, just because it's for casuals doesn't mean it's for kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, to, to build on that, I think where Nintendo and particularly the Switch console has been really successful is the way that you can scale up players. You know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of these co-op uh, PlayStation games where I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, like, um, 
you can have like two people local with Borderlands 3, but then up to four players online, stuff like that. You know, like it's mm. mostly like two players, max four on local. But with Switch, I mean, you just add more switches, add yeah. more controllers, you know, and you can just scale up the amount of players like, you know, joining in on the fun. And I'm quite, uh, quite interested with um, for uh, Marvel Ult- Ultimate Alliance 3, which looks really cool. Um, coming to Switch as well, where you can co-op like up to eight players, I think. Oh wow! And, and that's Switch had that as well. Switch had that recent um, like exclusive, the Marvel. What is it? Can't remember the 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 subtitle, but it was a uh, essentially the spiritual successor to Ultimate Alliance in the same vein of, you know, smash them up top down, choose four characters of your kind of selection between. The, the greater Marvel kind of multiverse and kind of like smash buttons till the bad guys fall asleep. Um, yeah, and which... there was something similar like on the, I think it was a PS2, there was like oh, yeah. an X-Men game which was also like a top-down RPG. I don't know if you ever played it, but oh, also yeah? multiplayer no, up to up to four local on the same screen, right? So it's not split screen. You yeah. kind of like move from zone to zone and just like be a superhero, use your abilities, upgrade. And my sister could jump onto that. You know, it, it was... A casual experience, but also yeah. fun because it's like you're playing through like a superhero genre movie or scenario, and that's I guess something that everyone can sort of jump on at any kind of given stage. Yeah, and then the minute they were like tired or had to go do their homework or go to bed, they just exit, and then the computer AI takes over. It's not like oh well, you yeah. we can't play anymore. One one novel um, kind of co-op idea that I saw quite recently was with the new Wolfenstein Young Blood. So it is entirely a co-op game. It's a first person shooter like most of the Wolfenstein all the Wolfenstein games. And it um but what it does is you can obviously go online and play with a rando. Um you can invite a friend or whatever who has the game and you can continue your story or pick up where you left off or, or start from begin- beginning. But what is really interesting is you can give another friend a co-op code which allows them to download the game and play with you or this i think it's a single player demo so there's like a couple of hours of like single player demo so but what happens is they can't play with anyone else so it's one of those like it kind of answers the question of oh we want more copies of the game being sold but the problem is like how are people going to buy a game if they have you know they're locked into they can't play by themselves so what we do is anyone who has the game can give someone else a code. But say I'm playing with my mate, Jono, and we're jamming the game. And then it's like, cool, he's done. We can't play. And I, and I want to play by myself. It's not one of those, oh, well, shit, I've got to wait till the planets align and both our diaries are available so we can play. I can either continue playing with the rando or I could phone up another mate and like, hey, do you want to play this game? Yeah, cool. I don't actually have it. No, no stress. He has a code. They download it. And then we That's can play. That's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's a really good answer to that that particular kind of conundrum of, how do you sell more copies, which obviously is going to affect the shareholders buy into the game, but at the same time get more people to play the game uh, without having to all have a copy of the game? Yeah, and I think looking forward towards like the next generation of consoles, and we're sort of like sitting on the cusp of that now. Like um, we, we, we could probably look forward to a PS5 announcement later on in this year, 2020, mm. possibly end of 2020, 2021. I wonder what the sort of like development manifesto would be for a lot of these newer titles coming out that are leaning harder into the sort of always online live service model, which encourages multiplayer, but at the same time is is sort of discouraging 
that uh, like physical local approach, yeah, same, which kind of like builds community. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I want to I want to see more of those experiences coming back. I want to have like a meetup where you know you can where your PlayStation or your Xbox or whatever becomes like the entertainment center, and you can all join in on the fun. Yeah. Um, Look, I think it's going to be interesting with so I, when I chat to brands and I go, you don't want people really sitting at home playing games. You want people to go to an event or to host their own events, like have a friends over for a FIFA party, that sort of stuff, because that's when people, you know, eat, drink, socialize, spend money on entertainment type products, you know, so they'll have some beers or some Cokes or some, you know, order in some pizza or whatever. That's when they'll spend money on your brand. If you're a, you know, fast moving consumer good or a, a, a service restaurant or whatever. Um, exactly. When they're playing at home, less likely, you know, they're less likely to spend as much on those sort of products, different products, of course, and then different brands get involved, but you, you want that co-op experience. And so I think there's a very big space for, for games that do that kind of co-op thing. Well, already the fighting games and the FIFAs and all that to get brands involved, the kind of brands where, you know, where two people are together, they're going to share a drink, you know, be that drink, be that food or whatever that like endorses and exactly. helps friends get back together. But what I think is the internet, it's that whole other thing is like, as the internet connects us, it makes us more isolated. So as it's become unnecessary, I mean, we're having this podcast across a thousand kilometers. You know, it used to be like, I'd come to your living room and we'd record it there. It's like, we don't do that anymore because, you know, we don't need to. Technology's allowed this to continue. I think in games in a very real way, while they're connecting each other, making people more social. Geez, I mean, take for example, the those marshmallow concerts at uh, in Fortnite. So, I mean, yeah. I jumped onto the Asian server because I missed the European one because I wanted to see what it was like. So there I'm at like six in the morning jamming with a bunch of Asian players and there's marshmallow doing his thing. And I'm like, wow, I'm in the server with like uh, pro- what uh, 99 other players because obviously it's a game of Fortnite. And I'm there with one other mate who I was in Cape Town at the time and he was in Joburg and we're having this experience. And, but it's like, completely isolated i'm sitting there at six o'clock in the morning so in my pajamas like at my playstation having this you know edm dance kind of experience <laughs> concert experience yeah. with a bunch of asians and it's as much as it, you feel connected to you know the rest of the world it's still very you know isolated by yourself so it's, it's quite a weird kind of uh, double-edged sword as you said yeah, and I mean, I think this is where uh, Death Stranding becomes relevant again in this discussion because I feel like this was uh, this game is sort of Hideo Kojima's idea of how he wants to address this problem of you know gamers feeling isolated and depressed and kind of pouring themselves into this um, sort of solo adventure, but also making them feel as though they're connected to other people in this world as well. So when I'm you know playing through and I see a bridge that uh, another guy has built and I pop him a few likes and it's, you know, shortens the the trip that I would have to take to deliver this package. And then you build more strand connections with the same player. So I keep on seeing this particular person's mm. uh, structures and it makes me want to uh, like meet, meet them. share. Yeah. Like share my, <laughs> it makes me want to share like more of my structures with them. So I ended mm. up building a whole bunch of roads in the game, which took me like, like two or three sessions and, um, uh, it's quite tedious, but at the same time, I, I just noticed every time I log in, I've got so many likes and it says like, so-and-so used your road. So-and-so used your, your road, uh-huh. your bridge, That's your ladder, awesome. whatever. And like, 
And so it makes me feel like even though I'm playing this otherwise very lonely game where you're just, you know, this one dude in this expanse of open world, I'm connected to these other players in like a very interesting and unique way that I haven't really experienced before. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of going to be the way that, you know, the whole social aspect is addressed. It's like using technology, you know, in a way that... Um, you know, kind of allows gaming to be what it was, you know, because I feel like it started as a super social thing has become kind of lonely and now is branching back into a super social space, which is probably why VR hasn't taken off as well as it has or how well it should based on how good the technology is because the experience is phenomenal. 100%. Like the experience is phenomenal. And even sitting in the room with other people playing VR, there's that, I mean, you'd think co-op experience, I'm in the VR. My friends are watching me as if I was playing Mario and all that, but you still feel super isolated because you are having this like real, real experience or virtually real experience. And everyone else is just watching the screen, you know, and, and obviously your antics as you swing controllers around. But it's, it's almost like, how do you get people to share the VR experience? I think is the, is going to be the key to how, VR succeeds as a, as a I could just imagine like a bunch of people in a room with VR headsets on like walking around <laughs> bumping into each other like idiots <laughs> <No>. <laughs> boom fuck sorry god what was that <laughs> yeah shit because at the moment it feels like VR is more like a VR feels like what the Wii felt like when you had mates over you bring them over you show it off you're like oh this is fun you know do some Wii tennis and now VR you know play some Beat Saber for a bit and you're like Okay, cool. Can we just play normal games now? Because this is <laughs> like a little tech demo for your friends. Like, look at this cool toy I have. Okay, cool. Can we now just be normal? Yeah, VR hasn't quite taken off in that space. Yeah, but yeah, that, really... uh, yeah oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to sign off. But if you've got anything more. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't really know what... I mean, it will be interesting to see how VR tries to capitalize on... A multiplayer or co-op experience given that the um the technology itself i feel is still quite experimental um yeah i, I guess it'll just be interesting <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah i think i mean obviously the the thing with vr is besides the obvious tech is being quite isolating the the price point does start making it a bit you know so it's like you know if you have it that's your console plus your vr outlay plus setting it up so you're dropping like eight grand or so and now it's like what so we all have to do this and bring it over and set it up and find enough space? You know, like unless your friend practical. is a ware, unless your friend is a warehouse, I don't know how you're ever going to find enough space to have it all set up. So, yeah, unfortunately, VR remains a a solo pursuit for now. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's good there's good stuff in VR. Maybe that's a topic uh, for another another podcast. Some of the the better VR experiences. Uh, that are out there at the moment but uh yeah uh if you've had some really good co-op experiences that we haven't shared um besides the hot seats and the couch cops and the old contra days and all that uh let us know um you probably on twitter that's where we interact the most um we are guru underscore podcast otherwise you can get hold of myself at the gareth woods or tim is at tim and a fish and as always this has been the gaming guru podcast and we will See you here. You will hear from us next week. <laughs> Adios.
baby.